Good morning once again. Welcome, everybody. So glad that you're here. My name is Alan, and last week we started this new series called Heads Up. We want to look at this wave, this current of technology in our culture, and can we have a bold response to it? The reason that we are talking about this on Sunday mornings, the reason we're using Sunday morning time for this is that Paul, uh, one of the most prolific writers of, of the New Testament, he says that we are to not conform to the pattern of this world. And it's undeniable that our use of technology today absolutely is a, is a pattern in this world. There's some, there's some uh, terrific consistencies in terms of the, uh, the, our use of technology. I said last week that what if 20 years from now, people will look at our use of technology today in a similar way that we look at smoking from the 70s. We look back and we say, what were you thinking? And is it possible that people in the future will look back at our use of technology today and how we're uh, providing our kids with, 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 uh, with these powerful tools uh, that people will say, what were you thinking? In this series, uh, or to this, mor this morning, today, I'm not just talking about the pattern of this world. Specifically, what I want to talk about are patterns that we can't change. Patterns that are a part of our use of technology that we find ourselves with an inability to change. And that's essentially what an addiction is. An addiction is something in our life that we, we acknowledge it, we see it, we would like to veer away from it, but we are stuck in it. And so in what ways is technology some, some form of addiction? We're going to, you know, look at this idea. Is it possible to truly be addicted to your smartphone? And if that's possible, is that addiction the same as a, an addiction to a substance like drug or alcohol? Is it the same kind of addiction? And if such a thing exists, how can we know if we've crossed over from just being a casual user of technology to someone who is actually an addict? As we head into that, would you bow your heads with me? Father, I pray um, that you would uh, open up our, our hearts and our minds here today that as we have a tendency to just answer these questions very quickly, God, would you help us to not answer them until we've heard from you? God, we want to hear from you in terms of um, what technology is in our culture and what technology is in our own lives and how important it is. God, come and speak to us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Psychologically speaking, an addiction is an elevation of a chemical in the brain called dopamine. God created your brain to produce small amounts of dopamine, and its purpose is to help us understand what's good for us. And so that we get drips of dopamine that says food is good, so eat food. Sleep is good, so, so get some sleep, so do some sleep. The dopamine helps us understand this is good and this is not so good. When we take drugs or alcohol, we have an elevated, an, an, an intensely elevated level of dopamine in our brain. The pleasure centers just go crazy. And so what happens is the brain gets confused and oftentimes the brain stops producing dopamine for regular things in life and all the brain thinks that it needs or wants is this experience of the drugs or the alcohol saying, none of this really matters. All I need, all I want is this experience with drugs and alcohol. And that's where the addiction kicks in. It's a brain chemistry piece. 
psychologists have, have learned over the past few decades that that doesn't just happen with substances, physical substances in our body, that we can actually have a behavioral addiction, that it's an action we take, something we do, something we think, something we participate in that has the same exact effect on the levels of dopamine in our brain. Um, what that means is that our, ex uh, our interactions with our smartphones, with technology, it, ha it does the same thing in terms of brain chemistry as heroin. Now, it might not be quite the elevated levels of dopamine, but it's the same concept. It's an elevated level of dopamine that stirs up for us to uh, move into an, an addictive experience. What happens with any addiction is it stops our natural stopping rules. It gets in the way of our stopping mechanisms. God has designed humans with natural stopping mechanisms that say, okay, uh, I've had enough of this. I need to take a break from this. I need to evaluate whether or not I should proceed with this. And so we have stopping rules that are a part of our experience. And what happens with an addiction is it just plows right through the stopping rules. It, it eliminates, it removes those natural stopping rules. The problem with a smartphone is it has very few natural stopping rules. That's the whole, like, whole idea of it is it's so powerful and we can take it everywhere with us. We don't have to stop when we go to work. We don't have to stop when we go to school. We don't have to stop while we're driving. We don't have to stop while we're sleeping. We don't even have to stop with this when we take a break and go to the restroom. Statistics say that in America, 90% of smartphone users use their phone when they're sitting on the pot. I, I learned that statistic while I was reading this article uh, on the toilet, and I thought, wow, that is, that is really interesting. That people spend, we spend 20, 30, 40 minutes, which is physically not good for the body to sit in this, in this area of space to say, I'm gonna stay with my smartphone. That statistic alone should scare the crap out of you, <laughs> so to speak. So this, I mean, it's, it's a very real thing as we know. And here's something that's very important for us to understand in terms of our dross, uh, the, the the elevated levels of dopamine and the draw for us to go into that technology experience. Thousands and thousands of people around the world are getting paid millions and millions and millions of dollars to keep you on your device. That it's their job to keep you checking in on a daily basis. You have to sign in daily. You have to check in daily. You have to keep your streak going. You have to uh, look at your number of likes and you have to make sure this is better than it was last time and you have to elevate this. That's their job. People don't design apps to enhance your life. They design apps to make money. They design apps because the more time you and I spend on these devices, the more revenue that comes in. That, that, that's their job is to break through our stopping mechanisms and have us staying on the units despite sleep, despite eating, despite other things that might normally have us take a break from these things. That's what they are, that's what their job is. Okay, so psychologically speaking, an addiction is an elevated level of dopamine. Spiritually speaking, an addiction is a form of idolatry. Idolatry is 
basically taking anything or any person and putting that thing or person ahead of God. It's saying, I will set aside everything in the world, everything I will set aside, including God, in order to make sure I have this, I experience this. Now, God, who is the designer of your heart, who's, the, who's your creator, knew from the very beginning before iPhones were invented that this would be a big deal for us, that this, the draw of the idol would be a big deal. In fact, one could argue that this is the deal, that this is the biggest issue that we would find in Scripture, uh, the idol piece, not the technology piece, but any idol. And here's why. Uh, I, I, I think we can say this. The first two of the Ten Commandments are this. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an idol. That's how God starts this conversation about how we are to live life. Don't let anything else take the place of God in your life because it, it ruins everything. It has an effect on everything. If we go into this story that many of us are familiar with, but when Moses went up the mountain to get the tablets that have the Ten Commandments on them. When he went up, up the mountain, he said to Aaron, who was the second in charge, he said, Aaron, just take care of things while I'm gone. He was gone for 40 days. Take care of everything and make sure they don't uh, uh, make idols. Make sure you don't worship idols. Make sure we keep God number one. Keep God number one. Don't make idols. Got it, Moses. Got it, Moses. Keep God number one, don't make idols. Keep God number one, don't make idols. Hey, everybody, let's gather all of our gold together and we will put it in the fire and we will make a golden calf. Yay! And then we'll worship the golden calf. Yay! And all of this uh, kicks in. They just jump right to it. Moses is up on the mountain. He's up there for days and he's having an, an encounter with God and God says, uh, Moses, the kids are misbehaving. So you're going to have to go down the mountain and take care of things. And he actually has the Ten Commandments with him. And you've seen Charlton, Charlton Heston do this. And he comes down and he sees what's happening there. And he drops the Ten Commandments. They break. And he's, and he's saying, how could this have possibly happened? And he has an exchange with Aaron. And Aaron says this in Exodus chapter 32, where we find this story. Aaron says, he's, he's explaining to Moses, so I told them, whoever has any gold, jewelry, take it off. Then they gave me the gold and I threw it into the fire and out came this calf. You've got to appreciate this with me here. He's telling Moses, we just put the gold in the calf or in the fire and then this little calf just walked out as if it has nothing to do with me. Uh, I'm not, it's not my fault whatsoever. Out came this calf. I was surprised as you are that this would have happened. This distance from this, this whole experience. Um, uh, out comes this calf, he says. Now, we can read this story, and, and we can say, I don't get it. I mean, what a bunch of idiots. It's very natural and normal to read this and just say, well, how could they throw all their gold in there and, and expect that something good is coming out of, a, out of a calf? They just had the experience with Moses. They know this is not the real God. And so how could they have done this? They're a bunch of idiots. I just can't relate to this story whatsoever. How could they worship something like that? Where's my phone? Where's my, where's my phone? I haven't seen my phone in like four minutes. I thought it was in my pocket. Where's my phone? Where's my phone? Oh, God. Anyway, what a bunch of idiots. Can you believe those guys? I just can't relate to that whatsoever. Precious, right? 
I mean, we just, we just, it's just, an, an idol is anything that we elevate so high that we put it above God. And God wants to say to us, God wants us from the very beginning of the story through now and our experience with technology says, I want you to get your joy. I want you to get your courage, your strength, your wisdom, your purpose from me, God says. I want you to always get that from me and let everything else flow from that. May we not be confused with anything else getting in that position. I want you to only get that from me. And what happens is our hearts are either connected with God or our hearts get connected with something else. Our hearts get connected and attached to something else. And what people would describe as part of an addiction experience is, I'm trapped. Our heart is connected here and we are trapped. It's a pattern in our life that we would like to change, but we find we can't change it. Now, in terms of technology as an idol, it can show up in many different forms, there are many different versions of it. What I want to be really clear about is I, I'm not, um, I'm not, in this series, I'm not talking about pornography in a veiled sense. I'm not talking about pornography without talking about pornography. I mean, I mean porn is the, is, is the, is the known one. It's, it's the big one. It is the one that, uh, that has incredible uh, amounts of revenue connected with it. I know that pornography uh, is very relevant here in this room. I completely understand that. Uh, for those who have uh, pornography as part of your story, as part of your struggle, you know that it's a pattern that is not good for you. And you would love to get outside of that pattern. And, and you understand that. What I want to make sure as we continue in this journey and talk about uh, all sorts of ways that we, we use technology, I want to make sure that we don't just say, hey, well, I don't struggle with porn, so this is not an issue for me. I just want to make sure we're not just kind of uh, slipping by this concept because that isn't your issue. There's another book I want to recommend. Uh, last week, I recommended a book, and this week, I want to recommend a book called Irresistible by Adam Alter. It is a secular book. It's not a, it's not a, a faith-based uh, book, but it's talking about the tech industry and, and the ways that they are designed to, to keep us addicted, that their purpose is to have us addicted and to have us uh, uh, break through our stopping mechanisms, etc. And in this book, Alter talks about uh, many different kinds of of ways that we get addicted to technology. And so one of the examples that I was not aware of was that some people are addicted to exercise watches. So you may have gotten one for Christmas. And, and so then what happens is you create a goal for yourself and you say, I'm gonna have 10,000 steps every day. Well, that's a great, it's a healthy goal. It's, uh, it's, it's, you know, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And so we can use our body to worship God. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be healthy and exercise. But what can happen is it turns into an idol when we say, I am going to get my 10,000 steps no matter what, no matter whether I am uh, uh, healthy or not. If I am even injured and in a hospital, some people make sure they get their 10,000 steps to their physical detriment. It is just a, an, an irrational need to make this thing happen. And then, of course, um, Alter talks about the issue of gaming, and he tells a very sad story about a young man 
who became addicted to a game called World of Warcraft. And according to Alter, uh, this is the most addictive game available at the, during the writing of this book. There are millions, millions of subscribers to this game worldwide, and, uh, and most of them are addicted to the game. Uh, this young man became addicted to World of Warcraft when he was in high school, and this game and this experience rolled into his college experience. Uh, it was impacting his life so much that his mom put him in a rehab center called Restart. It's near Seattle. It's an actual rehab center for gaming addiction, for addictions like that. I didn't know there was such a thing. It's a rehab center. This is a very real issue. So he went through the Restart program, did well, and against the advice of Restart and his parents, he said, I'm going back to college. I'm fine. Uh, I'll, I'll be okay. So he went back to college and after, and he did great for a number of weeks and he was a changed person, but then uh, an old World of Warcraft buddy texted him and said, hey, do you wanna just play a game together? And he, like many addicts, thought, I can handle it. I'm different now, I'm stronger now, uh, I, I can handle this. So he jumped back in and it started a five-week binge where he, where he stayed in his dorm room for the entire five weeks. He had food brought to him, delivered up into his room. He played 20 hours a day for five weeks, getting little bits of sleep during that time. He was a football player. Prior to that, he was on the football team, uh, athletic football guy. During those five weeks, he put on 60 pounds of fat. Some people are truly addicted to technology. And there's varying degrees to how um, people experience this, but some people are caught in a very real pattern that it, they, they can't change, that they would love to be able to change, but they can't change. Here are some words from uh, the prophet Isaiah, um, written 3,000 years ago, in, deep into the Old Testament. The prophet Isaiah, he's talking about a carpenter. And he says this in chapter 44. The carpenter cuts down cedars or perhaps takes a cypress or oak. It is used as fuel for burning. Some of it he takes and warms himself. He kindles a fire and bakes bread, but he also fashions a god and worships it. He makes an idol and bows down to it. From the rest of the wood, he makes a god, his idol. He bows down to it and worships. He prays to it and says, save me, you are my god. Isaiah, and there's, there's more to it that he, that he walks out here in this, in this chapter. Isaiah is saying that a carpenter takes a piece of wood and he uses that wood for two different things. So he takes wood and he uses it for, for two different things. I have this two by four. And in the first service, I had one of these and I, I broke it over my leg because I scored it and it didn't break. <laughs> and my leg still hurts. And so, so but I'm, I'm not one to give up. And so I'm gonna try again. I'm gonna use my other leg and I'm gonna see if this one will break for me because the carpenter takes wood and he uses it for two different purposes, okay? Okay, we're gonna get this. Okay, ready? Okay, got it, got it, okay. Ow! Uh, so, so Isaiah is saying that the carpenter takes the wood. This, this is technology, okay? This is, this is an iPhone. In fact, in the 80s, this is pretty much what an iPhone looked like. <laughs> Hello, oh yeah, I can be that, yeah, that's no problem. 
And so just call this, this is the antenna right there. It's the antenna on the iPhone. And so he takes the wood and some of it he uses for fuel to create warmth in the home or to cook food. And so this technology, this wood is used for something good. And we're all aware of how technology has been used for beautiful things. I don't talk about that much in this series, but it's absolutely true. Technology has allowed people to do amazing things. And technology and and iPads and, and phones have allowed for some incredible things. The The wood, the technology, can be used for fuel that is beautiful. But the carpenter can take that same piece of wood and also use some of it. From the rest of it, he makes a god, his idol. Takes other parts of that wood and carves it out and creates an idol out of it and says, save me, you are my god. It's the same wood It's the same technology. It's the same inventions. It's the same things that we're looking for the next update for. It's the same stuff. It's the same technology. It's the same phone. Some of it is used for fuel, and some of it is used as an idol. And so I just ask you, what is the percentage of technology in your life? Would you say it's 50-50? That 50% of your use of technology is for fuel, it's, it's producing good things, and then 50% of it really could lean towards an idol in your life. Or maybe you're 80-20, or maybe you're 99-1, or maybe you're 20-80, and you use technology for some good things, but primarily you use it in a way that is, is, is cutting a pattern in your life that you are having a hard time changing. What would be your percentage? To help you out with that, I want to give you a little technology test. And in this test, I'm going to ask you five questions. And in response to each of these five questions, I invite you to to answer between zero and five. Zero is not applicable, not at all. One is rarely. Two is occasionally. Three is frequently. Four is often. Five is always. Five questions. See if you can total up. You can use your technology to total up the numbers if if it gets too high. But see if we can uh, total up some numbers here. The first question is this. How often do you find that you stay on your device longer than you intended? Question number two. How often do others in your life complain to you about the amount of time you spend on your device? Question three. How often do you check your email or social media before something else that you need to do? Question four, how often do you lose sleep because of late night use of technology? Finally, question number five, how often do you find yourself saying just a few minutes when using your device? And it's never just a few minutes. Just a few minutes, just a few more minutes, just a few more minutes. What what, what do you total up? What do your numbers total up? Just for some ballpark conversation, if, if you're just breaking it up into thirds, if you're less than eight, um, then my guess is this is probably not a huge uh, issue for you, that you t- use technology more as fuel than you use it as an idol in your life. If your number is somewhere between eight and 16, then it could go either way. It could be like a 50-50 thing, and, and, and yes, you use it as fuel, but there's also some tendencies towards uh, using it in ways that create uh, patterns that you can't change in your life. If your number is high, it's above 16, if your number's in the 20s, 
then it's very likely you're, you're, you're not using it for fuel as much as you are using technology as an idol. And here's the point uh, for this morning. Here's the idea of the point this morning. The bigger the problem in our lives in terms of technology, the bigger the problem, the bolder our response needs to be. And this is where we need to be honest and not hide behind this and not just pretend, oh, well, this isn't a big deal. The bigger the issue this is in your life, the bolder your response needs to be. And let me just tell you, I don't stand here this morning and point my fingers at those of you who have some issue of addiction in terms of technology. Because this, as a topic, is not one that I just read about. This is a topic that I live out. This is a topic that I continue to wrestle with. And as embarrassing as as it is to, to admit, my vice, my struggle in this area is gaming. And it has been since I was a kid. That all I needed was a goal. Of all, I just, I need a goal. I need a problem to solve, a puzzle to solve. I need something to build, something to accomplish, some sort of uh, accomplishment in terms of technology, and I will uh, go after it. I will get locked into that goal, and I will go after it. A couple of years ago, for those of you who were with us at the time, I shared uh, that I stumbled into a game that my kids introduced me to. It's called Clash of Clans. And so I wanted to be aware of what my kids were doing, and they were playing this game called Clash of Clans, and they introduced it to me, so I put it on my phone, okay, I want to make sure I understand what you guys are doing, okay, it's good, okay. Um, Kids, go to bed, go to bed, got to make sure I spend a lot of time understanding what this game is and going after it. And... uh, and I had to work through that whole uh, deal. Not long after that, not long after I got freedom from all of that and broke free from that, it just, it just shifted to something else. I mean, the, the brain chemistry said, I, I, I need something else. And so it shifted to me playing online poker with fake money. And so it wasn't real money, but it was poker. And I thought, well, this is fine because it's not a kid's game. I mean, this is, this is a man's game. This is poker. I can smoke a cigar while I use my smartphone. And so I figured it's not a big deal with this, so I can, I can play poker with this. And so I uh, uh, jumped into it, and, and I think I got lucky at first because I started, I was winning, 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 winning. I don't know if, you know, the designers of the tech, they, they suck you in. I don't know what happened there, but I had over a billion virtual dollars. I mean, I was a high roller. I was at the high, roll, high, high stakes table. Um, I had to wear nice clothes. I mean, it was... And then I kept on playing and I just kept on losing. I just kept on losing more and more. And I kept on losing. I went, literally went all the way down to nothing. And then my brain had a goal. I got to get back to a billion. I got to get back to a billion. And I became obsessed with Texas Hold'em. And I became a Texas Hold'em student. And I learned all about the odds of getting um, uh, pocket bullets and pocket cowboys and that you want to play a certain tight and aggressive way of doing it and that's the best way to accomplish this. And this actually became an identity thing for me because it's about math, it's about probability. This is, I should be able to kill this. And I was just stumbling through this and going after this. Bottom line is, I just let go of all my stopping rules and I played late into the night I played in the middle of the night. I played in the bathroom. 
And here's, here's, here's the worst part that I just, my stopping rules, I just plowed right through. I lied to my wife. She knew about the other journey and she would say, hey, what did you stay up late last night doing? And I lied. I, that's the most painful one. I just plowed right through the whole thing. And I put an unbelievable number of hours into this, trying to reach this goal, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I was absolutely caught up in this. And I was, everything that I'd just been talking about over the past 25 minutes, all of that stuff was absolutely me. as an elevated level of dopamine when you get the, when you win the big pot. It's an irresistible um, uh, experience um, uh, for me. On, on my testing, I would be up in the high 20s because of all those things, all five of those questions, I would have answered very high with all of that stuff. And through that whole journey, through that whole journey, I, I, I justify myself with it and just think, well, it's, it's not like drugs and alcohol. It's not like drugs and alcohol and porn, what other people are dealing with. But the reality is, in terms of brain chemistry, in terms of what's going on inside my heart, it's the same thing. It's the exact same thing. An addiction is an addiction. An idol in my life is an idol. An idol in your life is an idol. So what about you? Where are you? Which of these three categories would you find yourself in? Would you be in that first category that says, you know, I got a low number on that test. It's really not an issue for you. Fantastic. Great. But if when we bring up the issue of addiction to technology, if your response is, nope, not me, just be careful because that's exactly what an addict would say. Maybe you're in the middle category and well, a little bit here, a little bit of fuel, a little bit of idol, maybe in the middle category. I encourage you to stay with us for the rest of this series. So far, all we've, do, all we've done is stirred up the issue. In weeks three and four, the next two weeks, we're gonna talk about what to do. We're going to talk about some practical suggestions for you to bounce around and consider. And then in week five, we're going to move on to how do we help others? We can't help others until we've looked at ourselves first. But then how can we help others? How can we help our spouse? How can we help our kids and parent our kids through this experience? We're going to walk that through. I invite you to come and join us for, this, for the next three weeks of this series. If you're in category three, absolutely, we want you to join us for this series but you don't have to wait for next Sunday to jump in and get some freedom in this area of your life. One of the best kept secrets we have as a church is that on Tuesday nights, every Tuesday night at 6.30, there's a group that meets called Hope, helping overcome painful experiences. There's a men's hope group and a women's hope group that meets every Tuesday night at 6.30. Regardless of our, of our uh, rhythm of, of small groups and all that, the hope groups meet every Tuesday night, and they would love to love on you. And you might think, well, it's just a minor thing for me. You come in and you sit with somebody who has some kind of addiction and another kind of addiction, and just, just we, we get together and we just figure out, let's be honest about this stuff because we need freedom. We're not doing this series because this is a hot social topic that is interesting to talk about. We're doing this series, we're spending five weeks talking about this because there's a lot at stake. Your heart is at stake. 
Your heart is on the line. Your future is on the line. Your marriage could be on the line. Your job could be on the line. Your self-worth can be on the line. Your opportunity to fully realize your role in God's story could be on the line. There's a lot at stake here. That's why we're talking about it. Would you bow your heads with me? Father in heaven, I thank you for your grace, that you showed grace to Aaron, you showed grace to those gathered in the the Sinai desert who had drifted away from you, and you show grace century after century after century. God, you you fill this room with grace. In fact, it's in our brokenness, it's in our weakness, it's in our our inability to break free from these patterns on our own, that's when your grace shines most. So God, would you come and shine brightly here in our church? Would you shine brightly in in the lives of those here in this room who are caught in a pattern that they don't wanna be caught in? I pray that you would bless our decisions this week and in the weeks to come, we pray in Jesus' name, amen.